Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Dominic Hayes, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today, I'm joined in the studio by, studio by Father Stephen Alcott, the pastor at St. Patrick Parish. Let's begin by invoking the intercession of Our Lady. Hail Mary, full of, full of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So today, Father, you had an interesting topic for discussion, and this comes, I understand, out of uh, Saint, uh, one of the recent addresses by the Pope. Right. At, at the uh, Easter Vigil, um, Pope Francis uh, pointed out that um, after Jesus appears to the, to the women who come to the tomb, you know, he tells them that he will be in Galilee. Uh, in Galilee, as you have told me, Father Hayes, from your experience actually visiting the Holy Land, is not right next door to where Jesus died, is it? Not at all. Not at all. How he, long would it take to travel I, from I Jerusalem to think Galilee? It's about six days' journey, but, and you have to go, like, the shortest road is through the mountains. Mm-hmm. So you're going up and down and up and down and up and down. So it's actually right. a fairly um, interesting trip. So that raises the question, why would Jesus appear in Galilee? You know, wouldn't it be more convenient if he just appeared very close to where he he rose, right. you know, from his tomb? And Pope Francis um, points out that Galilee is significant, at least in one respect, for the apostles. That's where it began. That's where their discipleship began. For the four fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, it was in Galilee, on the Sea of Galilee, that Jesus met them. Um, at their boats, you know, working on their nets, cleaning their nets, mending their nets, and called them to follow him and told them he would make them fishers of men. Mm -hmm. So it's a return uh, to the beginning. Uh, And and the Pope points out that there's a sense in which we too, um, having known that Jesus has saved us, uh, that he has risen, um, there's a sense in which um, we can go back to our own beginnings. We can go back to the beginning of our own conversion. We can go back all the way to our baptism, not in sort of a, a, a reverie or a kind of path of nostalgia, but really um, a reminder that that beginning um, is still operative in our life. One example would be, you know, for us who have taken religious vows, you know, when we made our profession. Mm-hmm. You know, we professed, you know, obedience to the rule of Blessed Augustine, you know, to Our Lady, um, to God, you know, and, and to our, our superior. That The Dominican role of obedience encompasses obedience to all of the vows. Um, but that's that's something that we did once, um, and then well, we, we renewed it at our solemn profession, but it's not something that we just look back on as, as a nice thing that happened in the past. It has an effect today. It has an effect right now. I'm still trying to live those vows. For someone who is in the vocation of marriage, they can look back on their on their wedding day not just with nostalgia, you know, not just as as a as a fading picture in their album. Well, I guess nowadays it might be on their computer, but for when we still had actual photographs, um, 
you know, it's, it's something that's still operative in their life today, uh, that, that those vows that they made, um, that they ministered to each other in the sacrament of matrimony, now still are, are, are active, now still guide them and direct them. You know, and that going back to the beginning, going back to Galilee, as it were, can help us renew that encounter, which is still there. And when we look back sometimes to the beginning, um, we see that it, um, it actually gains from hindsight, in a sense, additional light and additional richness and additional dimension. Because sometimes we see looking back um, that it's gained even, even more meaning in light of what's, what's happened after that. Mm-hmm. So I think going back to, to Galilee, perhaps one reason was, was that Jesus wanted his disciples um, to realize that that, that calling, um, when he called them at the seashore, at least the four fishermen, when he told them, you know, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, now they began to look at that in a new way. You know, fishers of men, we're not just gathering a lot of people to follow this new Messiah. You know, we're not gathering up an army that might deliver, you know, Judea from the to, from the Romans. We're we're gathering people for for the kingdom of heaven. We're we're, we're helping people to to come to know um, the way to the Father. So, fisher of being fishers of men takes on a new context, um, and and in that in that newness, you know, we can also see ourselves when we look back to the beginnings of our own faith. We can see it in a new light. I know, Father, you have a, you know, um, you preach about baptism. That was one of, one of your things you like to preach about, and how when we look back on our baptism, we're not just looking back at something that is a nice memory, you know, mm-hmm. a, a or stepping even the stone. initiation into Init- an organization. Yeah, right. but, it's, but it's actually something that the, the further we go in our life, the richer that, that is, the more important you know, that, that, that is. You know, at the time... Even, you know, even our own, you know, when, when, if we're, it's obviously if, if we're a little baby when we're baptized, we might have slept through the whole thing. You know, it may have no mm-hmm. impression at all on our mental. Or screamed through the whole thing. Right. <laughs> but, but looking back, you know, you can look back and say, that was the, that was the moment that God came to dwell in my soul. Mm-hmm. The Holy Trinity came to be with me. That was the moment that I began um, to be truly a child of God. And that was the moment that I was set really on the path to paradise. As Christ's identity and mission are revealed in his baptism publicly, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the inner life of the Trinity publicly revealed for the first time explicitly in the history of the Bible. And then Christ's um, mission as Messiah, you know, the one who is anointed with the Holy Spirit, the one who is not by any anointing oil of king, of prophet, or priest, but now by God himself to do Messiah's work, uh, a journey that will begin at the Jordan and finish in Jerusalem. Mm. You could say, actually, a journey that actually began at Bethlehem, but now is publicly revealed, you know, for these last three years of his life, um, that this is also the place where we have our identity and mission revealed. And our identity mm. is as children of God. We stand with the Son and are called his beloved, you know, mm-hmm. in the baptism. As as. Um, as as in our uh, in Christ's baptism, the water was poured by the one who directed whom Christ directed to pour it. So in the baptism, when the priest pours the water at the command of Christ, um, these things happen, 
and we were revealed as being anointed ones of God who are to go and have Christ as our companion, to journey with him up to Jerusalem through death and glory. Mm-hmm. And it puts a whole different pattern on what we're doing, you know, what we're doing. You know, I mean, the past year, for instance, one of the odd things that's been in public uh, a problem is that all the people who have been trying to preserve their own health and not having any life as a result of it. Right. You know, that especially you see this in older couples, like one who is in a nursing home, the other one who's still living at home, and they can't visit each other to protect their health. Mm-hmm. I remember one one person saying to me, Father, you know, we don't have that much time left. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the point of having more health if we can't enjoy it with each other? If we can't live this love that we've had for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's, there's health, and then there's living. <laughs> right. And Christ has called us to life. And I'm not, you know, I, I, w- what I'm getting at here is that it is this life in companionship with God, precisely what we call to, and with God and with those he calls. So it's a life lived in, the commun- in communion with not only God but with neighbor. Mm-hmm. So there's no faith without authentic receiving God's mercy. There's no mercy uh, received from God unless we're sharing it with other people. You know? So uh, I think this is part of it. I think Galilee is interesting because it is sort of a, what do you do in a lack of, with a lack of direction. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting that um, Jesus, um, that this business of going up to Galilee is mentioned in... Not every gospel, but uh, if you read the gospels, you might not get the three of them mentioned. You know, going specifically up to that Christ will go before them to Galilee. There's one of those gospels. It's not clear that they ever make it to Galilee. Mm-hmm. But but I think the meaning of Galilee Galilee becomes uh, where you're going to discover the Lord is because. His life is bound to ours, and he, he, risen from the dead, is now with us in a way he could never be, mm-hmm. you know, if he was still in, his mor- in his, the mortality of his body, mm-hmm. that this uh, becomes a place where we can discover him. So, in one sense, Galilee, yes, uh, it's the things you've been mentioned. In some ways, it's also, it would strike me, a default. It's the mm-hmm. default. What do right. we do when we don't know what to do? No, you go, you well, go fishing. You go fishing, which is like what the fishermen the, did. Yeah, which is what the fishermen did. That's right. So they go, sort of go, okay, what do we do now? Christ is risen from the dead, alleluia, and what difference does this make to what I'm doing? And they go fishing and discover, you know, the specific call to be fishers of men in general, and for Peter, the specific forgiveness for his betrayals, you know, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And... Also, mission. And he said to him, follow me. Mm-hmm. And that following includes the prophecy of his death, but it also means, you know, he's given this mission now to be a pastor. You know, which, remember, in the Old Testament, the pastor of Israel, God's people, is a divine title. Right. It means to share divine things, to share in divine things as your, as your mission and ministry. And that's not just for Peter. I mean, being Prince of the Apostles is being just for Peter. Mm-hmm. But there's a sense in which all of this is, you know, we're, we in, even in our denials of him, he mercifully summons us back to himself 
and then gives us this mission to follow him, which is the mission Peter was given at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where is Christ? How do we follow Christ? Etc. You're listening to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Dominic Hayes, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Parish in Columbus. I'm joined in the studio by Father Stephen Alcott. We've been discussing the meaning of our Lord's words to Mary Magdalene about uh, about going up to Galilee. Right, and uh, and when when they went back to Galilee, they they went back to not only the beginning of their faith. They went back to, as we were just saying, the ordinary um, daily life that they had lived before even when they met Christ. But now, even that ordinary daily life has, has been changed. Christ, in some of the resurrection appearances, comes right back into that ordinary life. He meets the disciples when they're fishing and catch nothing after a whole mm-hmm. night and fills their nets with fish when they obey him to cast the net one more time over the other side of the boat. Peter finds mercy. Um, and And I think there's other ways in which Galilee represents sort of everyday life. Um, Pope Francis had mentioned that Galilee was probably not just far away geographically from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Galilee was far away in terms of Spirit. ritual observance yeah, yeah. from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the place where mm-hmm. the high holy days are celebrated, where the Redemption. Passover yeah. lambs are are, mm-hmm. are 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 sacrificed, where you have to come, you know, at least at that time, you know, for the high holy days. Galilee was was practically Gentile territory. It was mm-hmm. barely you know, there, there's Certainly a lot of mixed. people. Yeah, it's mixed. A very mixed yeah. observance. Right. Thought of so this is not this is not sort of the ideal, you know, mm-hmm. um, life of, of 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 following the Jewish traditions and customs. So perhaps Christ was also saying that, you know, just because I've risen from the dead doesn't mean that I'm I'm now you know completely living in you know I, I'm just in the in the holy of holies all the time. I'm still mm-hmm. going to be walking with you. I'm going to meet you. On the way to Emmaus, I'm going to meet you when you're fishing. I'm going to meet you um, in places you, you least expect. I'm going to look like a poor wayfaring stranger, mm-hmm. and you're going to discover me there. Um, that that he's there, you know, it's it's not like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to wash my hands of all the the, the grime and, and dirt and brokenness of humanity now mm-hmm. that I've finally risen from the dead. No, he goes right back into it with us. There's, I think it's sort of funny that, uh, you know, Jerusalem where the temple is, is supposed to be the place where God dwells among his people. Mm-hmm. But in fact, God sets up camp in, in Galilee. Right. You know? right. And it's more like, in some ways, the time before the temple, when Christ, when the Ark of the Covenant, you know, the place of God's presence, went about among the people, mm-hmm. according to people's needs. It's over the time from Moses to David, the Ark was in several different places. Right. You know, and, and now now... Christ comes, you know, God made flesh, you know, the deity dwelling in a tent of skins, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, in the human flesh, now makes his appearance in Galilee. Now, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking also there's this other side of Galilee, because that is, in fact, the place of the public ministry. So, in one sense, going to Galilee is not only going back to normalcy before their call, but also the call they had. Mm-hmm. It's at the Sea of Galilee, remember, that Peter and Andrew and John and James are called. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that they're called away from the boats. Mm-hmm. And yet, they go back to the boats, they find him. That they, that there's a sense in which maybe to find Christ, to go to Galilee, also means 
to go back where you found them before. Right. And to look, and I think also to look back where you found them before with a new light. I mean, there's a lot of places in the gospel where Mm -hmm. it kind of says, you know, um, they only realized later, Mm -hmm. like when he said when he was cleansing the temple, like later his disciples remembered this. Right. You know, and they realized that when he said he would rebuild this temple in three days, he was talking about his body. Right. He wasn't talking about the temple building. And Cana was in Galilee. In John's Mm -hmm. gospel, that's his first sign. Looking back, going back to Cana, remembering that wedding feast, he would remember that this was not just helping out a couple that was in a tough no. scrape, you know. This was the bridegroom himself, mm-hmm. you know. Doing a bridegroom's revealing, work. Doing what a bridegroom does. So so looking and, back to the beginnings mm-hmm. isn't just a nostalgic walk down memory lane. It's mm-hmm. it's a whole new way of seeing what Christ has done. Looking back to the transfiguration, you know, mm-hmm. they realized this was this was not just, you know, some, you know, some uh, an, sort of some like nice spiritual fireworks, you know, mm-hmm. to to wow us. This was this was to reveal to us what we shall look forward to when we are risen, as Christ is risen. That's right. You know yeah. that. So so I think there's when, so and so in our own lives when we look back for us, like what does it mean for us to look back at Galilee? You know, to go back to Galilee. I think when we look back at our own life, at our own um, conversion. It, even some of our own difficulties, we look back on them with a new light. It just just one example from my my mom's family. She her her uh, youngest brother had severe autism from the time he was very mm-hmm. very young, um, and at the time, you know, as my as my mom told me, it was very difficult growing up. You know, especially <clears throat> at a time when they knew so. Even now, they don't know. There's a lot they don't know about autism, but then mm-hmm. they knew far less than they knew now. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't, you know, right? They didn't know about early intervention, how mm-hmm. important that was. So anyway, looking b- at the time, it seemed like just a real difficulty, you know, in their family that, that affected the whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, you realize, okay, well, actually, you know, my mom and, and now one of my sisters have dedicated their lives mm-hmm. you know, to special education, which is a high burnout type of profession. Right. So you can look back and see, okay, at the time it looked like only just – a difficulty, a challenge, you know, mm-hmm. but looking back, you realize, okay, maybe that was more than that. You know, right. maybe that was a way in which people that would never have otherwise thought of giving their own vocation to to people who are often hidden and not seen and mm-hmm. kept out of sight were able to do that, and maybe they're better mm-hmm. for that. Right. No, I think we find our, dis- uh, you know, in Galilee, we discover our mission and identity. Remember, the Jordan is part of the Galilee system. The, Gal- mm-hmm. the If you look at the Jordan River, the northern part of the Jordan runs into the Sea of Galilee from the north. From mm. It springs at Mount Hermon. And then it goes from the bottom of the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan again mm. runs all the way to the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. So the freshwater of the Jordan is actually part – I mean, the fresh the uh, freshwater of the Sea of Galilee is actually all part of the Jordan River system. Mm, I didn't know that. Well, it's it's sort of interesting. So, in one sense, that's you know that Jordan water is also the water of the Sea of Galilee. Hmm. So, and as I said, I'm I, I knew this before, but I'm making spiritual connections even as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think in, there's this this beautiful actually. As I was remarking to somebody earlier today, you know, you discover the freshwater systems are really crucial. You know, the Lord doesn't use salt water the same way. And we have this Noah story, but when you look at 
say the crossing the Red Sea. It's the Yom Suf, is what the Hebrew Bible says, the Sea of Reeds, mm. which suggests that this is a freshwater body because reeds, that is papyrus, doesn't grow in salt or brackish water. Right. So if this is the Sea of Reeds, then it's a freshwater. You know? mm-hmm. and, and you see all these mysteries, which are especially done in this water, which does not you know, defructify land, but fructifies it. Right. You know, it is full of life. If you've ever been to the Holy Land at the baptismal place that they have, which is not at the, at the bottom of the Sea of Galilee. So it's different from the places of our Lord's actual baptism, which is actually on the Jordan side of the, of the river down south, six miles north of the, of the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. But at this little station that the Israeli government has had built, where people want to renew their baptismal vows in the mm, Jordan. Right. If you stand in the water, it's like thick with fish. I mean, every six inches there's a fish. Wow. And, you know, some of the ladies I noticed get nipped every so much and <laughs> little screams as they're doing it. But um, but uh, but this this water is, uh, I think, about, um, and, you know, even, even in the lake, it's about this passage that we make with water. We begin in water. And we finish in in the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the, so the hallmark. You know, he began the Jordan River. He finishes in the blood of Calvary. We look at the wedding feast of, feast of Cana. He begins in water. He right. finishes in the blood of grapes, which is wine. That's right. You know, we look at. I mean, you can. I mean, and this, of course, has Old Testament references. What's the first plague of Egypt? The changing of the Nile River to the blood. You're right. You know, mm-hmm. We start in the, you know, the in, et cetera, et cetera. So you, know, you begin in the passage of the Red Sea as, you know, the nations consecrated God and it finishes with God dwelling in Jerusalem with the, with the sacrifices that ultimately point, you know, not only sum up all the sacrifices of the Old Testament of the patriarchs, but point to Christ's own sacrifice mm-hmm. on these same mountains of Moriah that upon, uh, upon which uh, Melchizedek, came from, you know, Mount Zion, Mount Moriah, the Temple Mount, Mount Calvary, where Christ mm-hmm. offered his blood for us. So was so then was the Sea of Galilee, you said that the Jordan and River kind of passes through it? Yeah, and it was... Was, was, it, was, was, he, was Jesus baptized, was Jesus baptizing on the uh, downstream of the Sea of Galilee then, or upstream? Yes, on the downstream. downstream. So as yeah. I said, the original place is about six miles north of the Dead Sea. And which is downstream from the Sea of Galilee. Obviously. Which is downstream from the Sea of Galilee, yeah. right. And it's right up before Tel Eliyah, which mm. is the hill on which Elijah went to mm. heaven, disappeared going to heaven, and where John the Baptist made his appearance, baptizing, mm. okay, right in doing his ministry in that, in that area. So you can say that, in a sense, the Sea of Galilee is really kind of the source. You know, that's where the... Well, Mount the, Hermon. That, that's the source of north. But I mean, yeah. the Sea of Galilee, the, the water come from the Sea of Galilee is that water in which Jesus was baptized. Actually, that's right. That's mm-hmm. a connection I hadn't made, Father. Thank you so yeah. much. See, I learned so much on these programs. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we could, so we can think of our own Galilee, our own Sea of Galilee as kind of like our own source, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it kind of flows, you know, whatever our beginning is in our conversion and our faith. You know that that's that gives that's the source. Mm-hmm. You know, and like a river, it's still it's still flowing. You know, it doesn't it doesn't just stop. It's still flowing. No, it's still flowing. It's in it's mo- water that's alive. 
him mm-hmm. and water that flows from his wounded side. You know, baptism, the, the blood that pours from the side points to our Eucharist. Right. Which, you know, which, in which we are, communi- we, God communicates his life to us. In the uh, bl- life is in the blood, life is in the blood, says God to Noah, right. in giving permission to eat meat. So. Mm-hmm. so, so many, you know, our initiation, our baptism, you know, still has an effect today. You know, mm-hmm. our the Eucharist, which we made our first communion, it still has an effect today. You know, confirmation. You know, mm-hmm. when we were strengthened and sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, that still has an effect today. That's you know, right. It's like that. That stream, it doesn't. It wasn't just like that was one point in the past, and it's over mm-hmm. and done with. It's, it's still giving life. Mm-hmm. It's still flowing. And like all these events in the Holy Land, one of the things I'm at this stage of my life I see is that all the events of my life, layer upon layer upon layer, um, continue to educate me in what Christ has been trying to speak to me from a beginning, mm-hmm. from my baptism and even before in my creation. Mm-hmm. You know about uh, about Himself, about His love for me, and the Father's love for me, about. Mm-hmm the life and the spirit about this journey that we're making uh, to Galilee where we shall see him. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be good. You know, it's good for us to, to reflect on our Galilee going back to Galilee and mm-hmm. how that's still in our own life, you know, flowing, you know, the, the experiences of our, of our conversion, the people that were instrumental in helping us, mm-hmm. you know, our, our godparents in the faith, um, those situations that might have been difficult that actually helped us have mm-hmm. compassion on other people yeah. or that had an important impact in the direction of our life. Right. You know, to look back on those and, and, and see how has that been right. illuminated by, yeah. by, by the grace of, of, of Christ today. And as Christ tells Mary Magdalene that he will see his brothers and get there to go to Galilee where he will see them, he actually sees them several times on the way there. <laughs> that's and, true and so he's with us now mm-hmm. we have a journey we have a destination that's a better place than Galilee but he is with us always in good things in difficult things um, he's, he has joined us and he was with us always thank you for joining us today on the Dominican Dimensions my name, my name is Father Stephen Dominic Hayes and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus I've been joining the studio today by Father Stephen Alcott. Let's end now in prayer, uh, invoking the founder of the Dominican Order, St. Dominic de Guzman. O light of the Church, teacher, teacher of truth, truth rose of patience, patience, ivory of chastity, freely of port of worth, the waters of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. 